As my favorite teacher always says, do yourself a favor, eat breakfast. You know, he's right. The energy from breakfast, what you grab from home or school, fuels your brain. So you do better in class, have a better attitude, and do better physically. So do yourself and everybody else a favor. Eat right. Eat breakfast. Bam. Bam. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Man Meets World podcast. I am your host, Brandon, the man that is meeting the world. If, for whatever strange reason, you have not been listening to this podcast and you just happened to stumble upon it, let me tell you what this is all about. I am a 31-year-old super fan of Boy Meets World, the hit 90s family sitcom, and... I am breaking down each episode for you, giving you the rundown of what happened, sharing my thoughts, my opinions, my memories, a little nostalgia for you all. And I'm doing it one episode at a time in chronological order. Today, looking at season one, episode five. But I gotta warn you before we get into all that, um... This might be a little bit of uh, an emotional episode for me um, for a couple different reasons. <sighs> um, you see, I, when I started this podcast not too long ago, I never, I had the absolute lowest expectations for it. I really, truly did. I never expected to get a lot of Twitter followers, to get anybody to actually subscribe, and I never expected to get a review on iTunes. Shortly after episode one, though, not only did I get a review on iTunes, I got a five-star review. And from that moment on, I have been completely addicted to getting five-star iTunes reviews. To the point where when I did not get any more, I reviewed myself. That's how desperate I got. I was so needy and greedy for a five-star review on iTunes that I left myself a five-star review on iTunes. And then there was nothing else. No other reviews came in. So the at the end of last episode of Man Meets World... I begged, I pleaded, I said, listen, leave any review. Five star, four star, three star, two star, one star, zero star. Leave me hate mail. I will read it on air. Well, when I said that, ladies and gentlemen, I meant leave me a five star review. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just got a little angry there. Now I'm a little sad. Got to be a roller coaster of emotions. You see... I got an iTunes review to read on air. It's by a um, Jeremy Pape 93 who uh, also follows me on Twitter. And he left me 
I'm sorry, give me a moment here. <sighs> you left me a one-star review? <laughs> the heading says, Not for me! Not for you, Jeremy Babe 93 Not for you? Let me share with you the other titles for reviews. Excited for more. Best podcast ever. A fun listen. Must listen for the Boy Meets World fan. Then at the bottom, not for me. Well, listen, Jeremy Pape 93. I respect your opinion. Thank you for following me on Twitter. Thank you for leaving a review, even if it's not a good review. I'm a man of my word. I'm going to read it on the air. It says... As my title suggests, this podcast just wasn't for me. Maybe I just expected more of a review slash critique. Instead, it was a rundown of the entire episode. I yelled entire, by the way, because it was all in caps. If the host hadn't ever seen the show and was doing this for others who hadn't seen it, it would be different. But I got nothing out of it. Nothing? You're telling me you got nothing out of it. Did you miss my song last episode? The song I sang to Topanga, damn it. Every rose smells like the... Topa- <sighs> Sorry. He says, but I got nothing out of it. Keep trying, though. Don't let my bad review make you quit. Yeah, well, I'm not quitting, Jeremy Peep 93 In fact, I've only just begun. I've got a lot more episodes left. I'm only on episode five. Episode five. Episode, episode, episode. Episode five. So that was a very nice one-star review. So, Jeremy Payman 3, thanks for the follow. Thanks for the review. Thanks for sharing your opinion. Your opinion is horrible. It's wrong. But thanks for sharing it. If somebody else wants to leave me a review, please, I'm just asking you to leave a better review than Jeremy Pape 93 did. All right? Leave me a better review. Or if you're going to leave me a one-star review, make it really nasty or make it funny. Like, give me hate mail if you're going to hate on it. But anyways, if you want to leave a review, like I said, go to iTunes. Yes, iTunes. You know, have you heard about iTunes, by the way? Or if you have not heard of iTunes, go to iTunes, do a search, Man Meets World, find it under podcasts, bada bing, bada boom, review it. I hope you leave me five stars. So like I said earlier, today I'm looking at season one, episode five of Boy Meets World. Now, yesterday, or yesterday at the time I'm recording this, I did a poll on Twitter. By the way, follow me on Twitter if you're not already. It is at MMWPod. I posted the poll question, what is Season 1, Episode 5 of Boy Meets World? No cheating. So you had to guess which episode I'm actually talking about uh, today. Your choices were... The father-son game, Killer B, or Model Family. Well, 0% chose Model Family. 33% chose Killer B. And 67% chose The Father-Son Game. So which one is it? Hmm. If you are one 
of the 33% who guessed Killer B, you are correct. Today, I will be talking about Season 1, Episode 5, titled Killer B, which originally aired on October 22nd, 1993. graded last week's geography examination and the highest score was achieved by Minkus. Was it achieved by Minkus? Does it go to Minkus? Minkus, right? Mr. Minkus. That's a shock. Thank you, Mr. Feeney. Your bonus question was a real stumper. Ow. So we start in what I call room number two of the school. Mr. Feeney's classroom, and I already did it. First time in the episode, I'm saying Mr. Feeney, and I already let the Feeney slip. I'll try to control myself. Well, he's handing back a geography test, and as you just heard, Minkus. Is it Minkus? Has the highest grade. And when Corey Matthews gets his test back, he gets a C, and Corey's like, but I studied! Oh, Why can geography not be like the other subjects? Things are always changing, he says. Math, 2 plus 2 always equals 4. But geography, countries get different names. Ownership of those countries changes. Ugh! He's very frustrated. But after all the studying, he only manages... A measly C. Now, coming up, Mr. Feeney announced, is the annual regional geography tournament. And Mr. Feeney... Oh, second time, damn it. Damn it! Is this why Jeremy Peep 93 gave me a one-star review? Because I cannot stop saying Feeney a third time. Oh, not for him. Not for him. Sorry, I'm... Got a little carried away there. <laughs> Everything's cool. Everything is cool. So there's a uh, the regional geography tournament's coming up, and uh, every year, Mr. Feeney, he of course has the winner in his class, and of course, this year he is entering Minkus. Is it Minkus? Let me guess, Minkus. Yes, he is entering Minkus, and the first prize. That goes, obviously, to the winner of the Regional Geography Tournament, Bat Boy, at the opening game of the World Series. All of a sudden, Corey is interested. He sees this as his dream come true. He approaches Feeney after class. He's like, you're making a mistake taking Minkus. Which is obviously an argument. Feeney does not listen to. He does not entertain Corey. I mean, Corey just got to see. And Minkus? Minkus? Minkus. Are we still talking about Minkus? Yes, we're still talking about Minkus. He is a straight-A student. So, during the scene, I came to a very sad realization. This is another reason why my little bit of an emotional roller coaster um, this episode. 
You see, after episode four, Corey's alternative friends, I was. I was reminded of how head over heels in love I am with Daniel Fischel, who plays, of course, Mr. Panga Lawrence. And I realized there's a student missing in the first row of Mr. Feeney's classroom. Topanga Lawrence is not in this episode. Topanga Lawrence is not in this episode. We do not even get Marla freaking Sokoloff in this episode. You know who we are left with? Ellis! The random third friend from episode two when they go to the Water Wars. Oh, freaking Alice. Ruins everything. First no Marla Sokoloff. Then no Topanga. Freaking Alice. Ugh. So, I realized that they were probably shot in a completely different order than what they aired. Uh, that seems to happen with television shows. Um, at least from this era. I'm not sure so much about Nowadays, things seem a little bit more serialized now with a lot of programs. But back in the day, for sure, episodes were shot in different order. So this was probably shot before or after episode two, before Topanga was introduced, when Alice was still uh, Corey and Sean's third friend. And that's probably the reason for all this. But still... It makes me angry. And it makes me sad, damn it. It makes me sad. But we will move on. So, after the whole conversation Corey and Feeney have in the classroom, we go to the Matthews house. We are in the kitchen. Eric, believe it or not, is studying. He's paying no attention to Morgan, who is throwing away all the veggies and liver, and whatever else she does not like from the grocery bag that Mrs. Matthews left on the kitchen counter. Now, speaking of Mrs. Matthews, Amy arrives, and she informs Eric, you need to babysit on Saturday night. Because me and Dad, Mr. Matthews, Alan, we are going to the Aerosmith concert. Rock and roll! Now, this really bothers Eric. Because guess who else has tickets to the Aerosmith concert? Eric Matthews. And he has been planning for the longest time to bring his girlfriend, Heather. Oh yeah, by the way, uh, Eric randomly has a girlfriend named Heather in this episode. And apparently he's been planning this for a long time, so I guess they've been dating for a while. Um, But... Yeah. So, Eric wants to bring Heather to the Aerosmith concert. How could he ever do so if his parents are also going to the show? And here is the real kicker. They have better seats. That's right, Amy and Alan, they have better seats. Now, Mr. Matthews arrives shortly after. And... 
He goes, we're not going to the show to bother you. We are going because we are fans of Aerosmith. But Eric is like, but this is my first concert. I've been planning it for ever. And Dad goes, this is not technically your first concert. You saw Aerosmith a long time ago when you were in your mother's belly. Your first concert was seeing them at Madison Square Garden. Which got me thinking. Now, I know New York City and Philadelphia are not very far apart. But would it not have made more sense to name whatever crappy arena Philadelphia has? Sorry anybody who is listening and is from Philadelphia. But I'm not a fan of your city. Even though Rocky is my all-time favorite movie. So... I might have to take that back. And I really like cheesesteaks um, and beer. And I feel like your city drinks a lot. Um, oh, and I'm also a pro wrestling fan, so I liked ECW, which was based out of Philadelphia. But now I'm just um, getting completely off topic. Uh, but it got me thinking, why Massive Square Garden? Hmm. So Eric gets mad. He storms out and he goes, let's see if there are any seats for Eric Clapton. <laughs> silly Eric. That's your parents' generation too, you silly goose. In the middle of all this going on in the kitchen, Corey, Sean, and Ellis come bursting through the kitchen door, basically kidnapping Minkus. Their hands are over his mouth. They do not want him to speak. He's really freaked out. And they bring him upstairs to the Matthews boys' bedroom. Matthew's boy sounds like kind of like the Hardy Boys, like they should be solving crimes like a detective would. Dun dun dun. Good looking guy. Sorry, little hello, Carrie. I'm a little bit farther ahead in Boy Meets World than I should be right now. Hmm. For those of you who have no clue what I'm talking about, you will. Oh. You will. It's the good-looking guy. Anyways, got carried away again. So they bring him up to the bedroom, and they're trying to convince him that, you know, you need to back out of the geography tournament because you have potential to be cool, man. You have potential to be not the nerd not the geek, and the geography is only going to ruin your image. So they agree to help him become one of the regular guys. So the next day of school, class ends in Minkus. Are we still talking about Minkus? I think we're still talking about Minkus. He approaches Mr. Fee. I really need to stop doing both those things. I'm sorry. He approaches... Let's see if I can restart this whole sentence. Minkus approaches Mr. Feeney. See? I can do it. And says he's going to back out. Um, Corey is sitting at his desk. He's the only one left in the classroom besides Minkus and Feeney. He's mouthing every answer Minkus is giving to all the questions... Beanie is asking. So obviously Corey wrote the script for him, which got me thinking, how the hell did he know the exact conversation they were going to have? Is Mr. Feeney that predictable? 
So after Minkus leaves, Cory approaches Feeney, and he's like, I'm your guy, you need a replacement. I am your guy. And by the way, they have this conversation in a new hallway. They walk out the classroom in a new hallway that we've never seen before. So last time in episode four, we were introduced to a big hallway that will become very familiar to us Boy Meets World watchers in the near future. And a new, narrower hallway is seen now in this episode during this conversation that we did not get to see a lot of. So this is exciting because when we started, I only knew that there were two rooms in the school, the cafeteria, Mr. Feeney's classroom, and now we have two hallways to go with those two rooms. Pretty neat. But anyways, um, they have a very interesting conversation and, well, you know what? Who better to have this conversation than Mr. Feeney and Mr. Corey Matthews themselves? Give it a listen. Come on, Mr. Feeney. I'm the only game in town. Then, Mr. Matthews, there is no game. Uh, Mr. Feeney, Mm. I noticed you left the classroom and turned east. Towards Europe, don't you know? (laughs) Come on, give me a chance. A chance to what, Mr. Matthews? To publicly humiliate me? Not to win for you. You've never shown any interest in geography before this. But I do have an interest in winning geography tournaments. I can learn anything when I'm interested in it. Are you saying that you're willing to learn something from me? Yeah. And... If anyone can teach me, you can. Because that's the kind of teacher you are. I'm an empty vessel. How many times have I heard you say that? I've lost count. But I'm willing to learn from you. How many times have you heard me say that? Well, I don't believe I've ever heard those words in that order from you. All right, Mr. Matthews, I will take you on. I shall prep you for the tournament. I know that your motives are not pure, but I hope your quest for the prize will lead you to the Temple of Knowledge. Yeah, yeah, if it's on the way. (laughs) So there we hear a conversation that I, as a teacher, have had with a lot of students or similar conversations. You know, you get that student who just is not a bad kid, not necessarily misbehaving, not necessarily even that bad of a student, but they have so much potential, but they are so interested in other things, whether it be sports, video games, wrestling, makeup, boys, girls, whatever. And you try to reach them, and then if you see an opening, you got to take it. So Mr. Feeney saw an opening with Corey, and he definitely took it. Now, this leads to Corey studying very, very hard, and he's slowly turning into a geek. Come on. 
The teachers are starting to notice. Yeah, they're calling you a good student. They're saying you have potential. <laughs> wow. The highest and lowest points in the continental United States are only 50 miles apart. Death Valley and Mount Whitney. I find that extraordinary. <laughs> extraordinary? He's mutating, man. <laughs> civilization is in its decline. I completely agree. I'm going to watch Beavis and Butthead now. Just for the record, that is the second Beavis and Butthead reference Boy Meets World has made so far, and we are only five episodes into the series. And it's also the second time the audience has responded with a... Because Beavis and Butthead, when this aired, was pretty popular and pretty damn badass, if I do say so myself. So, you can hear Corey switching to the nerd. I find that fascinating. And Sean and Alice completely uninterested. You can hear the big ovation Minkus got. He needs to watch different fashion clothes. Uh, fashion shows, though. I'm not sure if his clothes were even in fashion in 1993. I mean, I guess they were. I mean, what do I know? I was never fashionable. Never mind in 1993. Uh, but Minka shows up wearing a backwards Phillies hat, a striped hoodie, huge baggy yellow pants held up by suspenders, and the pants are short, exposing his uh, big white socks and black combat boots. So yeah, pretty freaking stylish. Um, Beanie checks with Corey to see how he's doing. They have a, a conversation where Corey shares some of his new found geography knowledge. And Feeney seems pretty impressed. And Corey goes, learning about this stuff is pretty fun too. So Feeney's obviously reaching Corey. His plan is working. Now, we're around the dinner table. The Matthews are eating. Mr. and Mrs. Matthews are testing Corey on geography, naming capitals, naming countries, etc. At the same time, Eric is testing his parents on different musicians. Led Zeppelin, Tina Turner, all 
your parents' generation, you silly Gusenheimer Jones. So that was a funny scene. But we quickly transition to the Geography Bee itself. All the contestants are obviously super nerdy, very uptight, very serious. Their teachers, who are with them, are also super serious. They're giving them massages. Like, shoulder massages. Which, as a teacher, got me thinking, lawsuits, anybody? I give a child a massage. Geography B, or no Geography B, I'm getting fired and arrested. Something to think about, teachers. Back off those kids, damn it. It's weird and creepy. Now, Beanie in a fine line goes, Are your shoulders a little tense? And Corey's like, Yeah, actually, they are. So Beanie goes, Try this. And he just moves his uh, arms back and forth, boosting up his shoulders. So that was funny. Um, now, in. The geography bee is going on. The contestants are being asked questions. They all have very, what I would describe as douchey, uptight voices like, well, the correct answer to that is uh, that type of douchey, uptight voice. Um, it's actually the same kind of voice that my producer and editor, Mike, who you can follow on Twitter at Mikey underscore C has. Um, I'm only saying this, not to insult him, but to see if he's actually listening. We'll see if he says anything to me. But do not say anything to him. Shh. Uh, we also get a Jeopardy reference with one of the contestants answering unnecessarily in the form of a question. Um, then we get to Mr. Matthews. He gets asked a question, and he's completely stumped. He has no freaking clue what is being asked of him. So he just starts rattling off all this random uh, geography knowledge that he found out from studying, just naming all these random facts that have nothing to do with the question asked. Which leads me to a trivia question for this week. If you know the answer... Tweet me. Again, I am at MMWPod on Twitter. What is the question that stumps Corey? There is a single question that stumps Corey. And this question occurs a few times in the episode from this point forward. It comes back. keeps haunting Corey in different ways. What is that question? And no cheating. See if you can answer this without rewatching the episode or doing a Google search. And tweet me the answer. What is the question that stumps Corey in the geography tournament? So, tournament is done. Again, we're at the Matthews house. And Corey is sitting on the sofa. Morgan is sitting on a recliner. And Eric is there pacing back and forth, very upset. And he is with his girlfriend, Heather. Oh. My. God. Heather is played by... Nikki freaking Cox. Do you not know who Nikki Cox is? Then you have not lived. She is a 90s sensation. She's had bit parts in a lot of things. Um, 
before Boy Meets World, she was an uncredited dancer in the cult classic Mac and Me. If you have not seen Mac and Me, please, please watch it. If you like B-grade movies, not necessarily horror movies, just like B-grade, cheap, so bad they're good movies, watch Mac and Me. I know that at least one of my followers does because we've had conversations about it. So check that one out. It's hilarious. But apparently Nikki Cox was an uncredited dancer. She also was uh, a dancer in Moonwalker from Michael Jackson. Um, She was also a dancer in Purple People Eater. So I'm willing to bet that her background's in dancing. Uh, She had a bit uh, part in an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. She was a dancer in the straight-up music video from Paula Abdul. That is pretty badass. Um... She was in an episode of Night Court, episode of Murphy Brown. You know who she played in Murphy Brown? Pretty Girl. Interesting name. She also played Girl in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. So she played Pretty Girl in Murphy Brown, and that same year played Girl in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. So that's really branching out. It shows you the acting skills of Nikki Cox, because not only can she play a pretty girl, but she can also just play a girl. Uh, in 1991, she also appeared in Airy, Indiana. Do you remember that show? That show was awesome. Uh, 1993, Blossom, and then she plays Heather in Boy Meets World. This is followed by uh, an episode of The Nanny, uh, a recurring role on a television series called Someone Like Me from 1994. Uh, She played um, a recurring role in Baywatch. She appeared as the character Alice in one of my all-time favorite 90s shows, California Dreams. Just let me lay here in the sun until my dreams are done. Sorry, I love that show. She had a recurring role in General Hospital. She appeared as the very cleverly named Nikki in Sister Sister, another 90s classic. The Drew Carey show she appeared in. She had a recurring role in Unhappily Ever After. She appeared in Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps. She appeared in the television series Norm, which is the very short-lived Norm MacDonald show, which I believe was pretty funny. She was in the movie Run, Ronnie, Run. Uh, if you've not seen that and you like uh, funny things, check it out. David Cross, Mr. Show, Run, Ronnie, Run. Uh, she had her own television series called Nikki. I believe uh, aired on UPN. Fun fact, her husband played a professional wrestler. Uh, and then the most recent recurring role that she had of any uh, note was uh, as the character Mary Connell in Las Vegas. Um, and since then, just little bits of things. The last thing listed in her actress credits on IMDb is as the voice of Cherry in A Christmas Wedding Tale, a TV movie from 2011. So apparently she has not acted since 2011. Uh, but I think she's actually been um, being a mother and wife to uh, comedian Jane Moore. Uh, I just gave you a lot of information about Nikki Cox, probably more information than you ever care to know. But she was a, you know, a childhood crush of mine and... Um, you know what? This episode doesn't have Marla freaking Sokolov or Daniel 
official, the love of my life. So let me have this, all right? Let me have this moment where I just give you useless, random Nikki Cox information. All right? Let me have this. And, yeah, that's all I got. So, Eric, back to the scene, is mortified of his parents. They were dancing the aisle. Dad put mom on his shoulders. They wore 60s clothes, like tie-dye shirts, a hippie flower dress. I'm not sure why they wore 60s clothes. I mean, Aerosmith was 70s. Um, Eric is so mad at his parents for ruining their good time. Take a listen. So I try not to look down at Rose CC because Heather and I are having a pretty good time, you know? But I can't help looking. Your mom and dad sitting in row CC? No. Mom and dad are dancing in the aisles. Come on, Eric. I think your parents are really cool. Oh, good. I'm the lucky boy with the cool parents. Your mom was sitting on your dad's shoulders. It was adorable. I don't want adorable parents. Corey, you want adorable parents? Nope. I just want them to make me lunch and pick me up from camp. <laughs> oh, I didn't even tell you the worst thing they did. What did they do? Hey. They wore that. Hot concert, huh? Yeah, hot, Dad. What's the matter? Didn't you guys have a good time? I had a good time. Oh, yeah, I had a good time. Time of my life. Come on, Heather, I'm taking you home. Eric, what is the problem? Well, the problem is that I've waited all year to take Heather to the Aerosmith concert. And I finally do. I should be having the time of my life. But I'm not. You know why? No, why? Corey. What? I'm involved. This is interesting. <laughs> because my parents are having my good time. In better seats. <laughs> well, why should our good time get in the way of your good time? You're my parents. You're not supposed to have any fun. <laughs> You're supposed to sit here and wait for me to get home. And how come I'm home first? We had backstage passes. All right, that's it. Corey, move over. Sit next to you in the loser's couch. You lost that geography thing, and I lost my music, my parents, my entire generation. I studied geography for the last 300 hours, and I have nothing to show for it. I had to wait in line all night to get those tickets. The only thing I have to show for it is... Sonny and Cher. I'm sorry, and I know it's tough to hear this, but your mother and I are at an awkward age. We're parents, but we're not dead yet. <laughs> Fine. Glad somebody had a good time. Come on, Heather. I'm taking you home. Eric, stop right there. Sit back on that couch. Both of you. Join me on the couch, Heather? <laughs> Corey, upstairs. Why? I'm not remotely tired. Corey. But suddenly I'm overcome with fatigue. <laughs> Come on, sweetie. But I want to watch Eric get yelled at. Lots of opportunities for that. No, Dad, it uh, really wouldn't be too cool to start yelling at me in front of my girlfriend. You know, when I was your age, I had a father like the one you want. Well, what I wanted was a father like the one you got. Live with it. <laughs> Did 
my parents just leave us alone together? Yeah, I think they just did. I'm the lucky boy with the cool parents. <laughs> Not that cool. So you can hear how everything's sort of wrapped up with that subplot of episode five. Um, I liked that scene because, you know, I said in episode one, Mr. and Mrs. Matthews, the parents, they are firm but fair. They are stern parents. They are realistic parents, but with a love for their children that... um, I think parents should have. So I think that's a good example that Mr. Matthews being stern, laying down the law, but not doing it in a way that is malicious or um, embarrassing his children. So after that scene, we are back at school. Minkus is back to normal. Class gets out. Corey is sad. He's very disappointed himself. He approaches Mr. Feeney. He feels really bad about not winning. He gave it at all. He studied as hard as he possibly could. He gave it his absolute best. And I want to play you just one little more piece of audio because I think this is just a classic Mr. Feeney speech. It just is a classic uh, example of the type of wisdom and um, inspiration we can get from the character of Mr. Fiena. I'm not even mad I did it that time. You know, Mr. Matthews, many 15th century explorers believed that geography meant taking their little boat as far as it could go before it fell off the earth. You have pushed yourself to your farthest latitudes. And not only did you not topple over the edge, but I believe together we have charted new territory. What's this? That is this week's geography exam. I got an A? Yes, it's an A. Congratulations, Mr. Matthews. We won. Right. We're all happy. So it ends with Mr. Feeney has a special bulletin board in his classroom just to uh, post the winner um, plaques there. I had a hard time speaking. He hangs the winner plaques on this board specific that is specific. I still cannot speak. Oh, my goodness. How do I have a podcast? Because anybody can have a podcast. (laughs) Even professionals like me. So let me rewind. That's me rewinding. And try this again. So in Mr. Feeney's classroom, he has a spot on his wall that is specifically to hang winter plaques for the regional geography tournament. He has, of course, one empty space. That was where this year's plaque was supposed to go. But Corey, of course, lost. But 
Mr. Feeney hung up his geography test, hung up that A+. We won. God bless you, Mr. Feeney. You are the best teacher ever. Now, in the absolute final moment of this episode, we're back at home. Corey is watching Game 1 of the World Series. The girl who won, the Bat Boy, or I guess it would be the Bat Girl, runs out onto the fields, and the announcers start talking about how she is protesting something. I'm not going to say what, because it's related to the question that Corey got wrong in Geography B. And then the announcers go into this funny geography debate related to the question that Corey got wrong. So, again, if you can name the question that stumps Corey in the Geography B, tweet at me at MMWPod. So, we have reached the conclusion of Season 1, Episode 5 of Boy Meets World, titled Killer Bee, and... I have to say, I'm going to give this only three out of five Feenies. Uh, I like the episode. I feel, though, like we almost took a step back because episode four really brought the series forward with the introduction of Topanga. Um, It really laid the foundation for what the whole rest of the series is mostly based around, that being the relationship between Corey and Topanga and immediately following that episode, no Topanga. Like I said before, I think it's just a matter of uh, the episodes airing in a different order than they were shot in, but still heartbreaking for me because I love Topanga Lawrence. We did get Nikki Cox, but I love Topanga Lawrence. So I'm only going to give this episode three out of five Feenies. Good, but probably my least favorite episode of season one so far. Now, I want to give a special shout-out to a Twitter follower. Um, She goes by the name Me. Her Twitter handle is at ME241198. The reason I want to give her a special shout-out is because uh, she sent me a a nice message about how much she loves the Man Meets World podcast. Um, I appreciate the kind words. Uh, you're a very kind young lady to send uh, a message to me about how much you enjoyed listening to the podcast. Definitely a better message than Jeremy Pape 93 left me in his iTunes review. So thank you. Um, if you want to leave a review on iTunes, again, I will continue reading them on the air. Good or bad, but hopefully they're good. So please go to iTunes, subscribe, download, listen, and review to Mammy's World. Um, Also check us out on Stitcher. You can stream each episode on YouTube. I would love to have a heavily viewed YouTube video. Uh, The pilot video is doing pretty decent. The other one's mixed bag. Uh, But I'd love to increase the YouTube views. Um... We're also, of course, on our home site, fansnotexperts.com. Currently, my producer and editor, Mike, who, again, on Twitter is at Mikey underscore C. He's doing Effany Movie Month, Fans Not Experts Movie Month, where he is uh, watching 30 movies in 30 days. And then he's posting uh, a podcast on the website under his Geek Mentality podcast. Uh, so a lot going on Fans on Experts this month with 30 Moves in 30 Days and his Geek Mentality podcast. And 
this podcast, Man Meets World. Uh, the two of us also, again, this is like the third mention of professional wrestling this episode. I apologize. But the two of us co-host a professional wrestling podcast called WrestleFania. There should be a new episode up this weekend uh, where we give our predictions for the upcoming WWE Money in the Bank pay-per-view. So check that out if you're interested in professional wrestling. And if not, then just uh, subscribe, download, listen, and review to Man Meets World. All right? So until next time, I'm the man meeting the world. This is Brandon. Goodbye and class dismissed. Dismissed.